You're listening to the One Space Love Show for the love of music, lifestyle, well-being and culture while caring for our planet. On this show, I will be chatting with musicians, artists and creative minds that are living life on purpose by doing what they love. I'm Ella and I'm Harley. We're from Tide and you're listening to the One Space Love Show. The flow-on effects have been huge for this festival. You know, it brought a lot of hope to so many people in the industry being one of Australia's most iconic. Let's go and how, how you're feeling about this decision and that's been made so suddenly with only one day's notice and how many people it's affecting. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a pretty hypocritical decision in a lot of ways, I think. Um, so many other events have been allowed to go ahead in more dire situations. Um, and for there just to be no negotiation, you know, it just, it was so sudden. Um, it seems really unfair on the Blues Fest organisers and on the community around that, not only the local people who are expecting an influx of income, but for the artists involved, for sound and lighting engineers who brought gear, booked accommodation for all people who set up the festival, all the stall holders who bought food to supply, like, you know, produce to supply 15,000 mm. people with food. It's like, how do you sell that mm. when you're not at an event like that? And the, the event planners put so much effort into making such a detailed COVID safe plan to keep everyone safe. You know, everyone was going to be seated and social distance. There were going to be COVID marshals enforcing the rules. I'm sure they would have made everyone wear masks if because of the concern at the time. COVID case that was around. Yeah. And I think it was a bit of an overreaction, honestly, to cancel it. And I understand they're trying to keep everyone safe, but canceling boost us and then the next day saying the Royal Easter show is going ahead. Exactly. Which is people <laughs> and very similar activities and yeah, people being in close quarters and stuff. I think it was. And I think it shows a lot of, um, you know, lack of even considering whether the festival can go ahead or even really knowing what it was all about. Like, you know, we had comments from uh, Gladys saying, you know, oh, it's different to the Easter show because there'll be like dancing and music. And it's just like, have you even looked at, the festival that there was no death like there wasn't going to be any dancing so it just it seems like they've made an assumption and uh you know very brash decision without actually considering the impact and what was even happening at the festival which shows a real um lack of naivety like, yeah. lack of consideration and naivety yeah. and just yeah. disregard for the arts you know we've, we've seen that over and over again in so many different fields defunding the arts in schools and universities um allowing you know, just regular people who play contact sports in New South Wales from the 1st of July in 2020 when there were still, you know, heaps more cases than there are in Byron Bay right now. Mm. And I don't understand why you can allow people to go ahead and play, like, contact sports and go, oh, but live music venues can't open up and, you know, this festival has to be cancelled. You know, it's really a double standard and, and that's what we're angry about. It's not the fact that, you know, a call had to be made. It's the fact that, you know, different criteria are being, being given to arts events and arts just in general than other industries. Surely there was a way to go ahead that could have kept everybody safe. 
mm. and allowed, you know, the, the festival to go ahead and for, you know, all of the people who've put up capital to be able to be there and to organise it. Some, one of the industry professionals estimated a $10 million loss. Like that's, how do you recover from that? I don't know. I mean, let's talk about that, that because I am personally friends of a lot of artists that are being affected, not only artists, I mean, lighting, sound, um, promoters, you know, all, all of this industry is, is really being hit hard and it's been more than 12 months now. What are you doing to find hope in the situation? For bands especially, yeah. I think it's really tough. Like I work as a solo artist for a living um, and a lot of the just like, you know, paying the bill stuff comes from covers gigs. We've been really lucky in Queensland for the fact that I've been able to, you know, start those up. I, you know, sort of started booking those gigs again in September and I was really lucky that I was, you know, able to get onto JobKeeper. So that was a real lifeline um, mm. for me personally. I mean, but that's, that's being taken away pretty soon, even yeah. though, yeah. you know, we're still actually not able to continue business as we usually would. So I think yeah. that government support needs to continue. But um, in terms of bans, I think the real hope is actually just placed in the general public and in audiences and people who are willing to support the arts, people who actually, you know, like most everyone consumes arts every day. If you ever listen to music on your phone, if you watch TV, you know, there's background music in every TV show. You have a painting on your wall. (laughs) All of these things. And so I guess the hope comes from, um, you know, placing faith in the fact that people are going to keep um, buying from artists and supporting local um, musicians, supporting, you know, any any arts industry. It's not just music mm. that's suffering. Um, and all of the people who come along with those industries. So, yeah, feeling a little bit pessimistic about the government support and um, yes. just like, you know, support from, yeah, the people who should be using taxpayer money to look after anyone who's been hardest hit. There are a lot of industries that have been hard hit. So I think it's really silly that um, JobKeeper's being ended so early when we definitely haven't been able to get back to normal business. Yeah. But particularly the arts, I think there needs to be a specific arts industry fund and support. I know there's been a lot of talk of um, an insurance scheme similar to the one that's been applied to the movie industry yep. where um, if, you know, business has to be put on hold or postponed, there's, um, yeah, just an insurance scheme to help cover those costs and help recover from these events. Like if things do need to be cancelled, so be it. There has to be support. Mm. There has to be something to fall back on and we don't have that at the moment and that, that has to change. So you were on your way to the um, Blues Fest busking finalists. Yeah, one of the finalists out of yeah. six amazing artists, yeah, which was um, such a privilege to be chosen for that. We were going to play at Blues Fest along with the other five finalists. Mm. Um, Bronte Eve took out first place as the winner of the competition, which, okay. you know, must have been so exciting. But, you know, even as we were doing the finals, we knew that Blues Fest wasn't going ahead. Um, and I'm glad that the competition did, you know, we sort of were joking that, like, we are Blues Fest now. This is the only part of Blues Fest that's still happening. <laughs> I mean, um, how brilliant that that still went ahead. I'm really yeah, pleased yeah. that you and got that, to experience that. Yeah. Absolutely. And there was a Blues Fest busking showcase at the Beach Hotel um, yesterday as well that we went and supported and listened to. You know, there was um, a lineup of some amazing artists that have previously been in the competition some of which were also booked to play at Blues Fest. Um, um, and it was fantastic that, you know, we actually, you know, people in Byron Bay who had maybe travelled for the festival could have been there to actually see some live music and at least get something out of the trips made. The arts industry, there's a little statistic for you, um, employs four times more people than the coal mining industry, and yet we have so many government subsidies going to fossil fuels and 
you know, barely anything going towards subsidising the arts industry. And that it's, it's an industry four times the size. Like it employs more Australians, it brings in more money. A huge portion of our GDP is actually made up by the arts. I don't know if this is accurate anymore, but in it was either 2016 or 17, the arts made up like, oh, it was a huge percentage. It was like over 10% of our GDP. And um, it was like the largest portion of our GDP out of any single industry, mm. the arts and everyone involved. And, you know, that that needs to be respected and valued and given some support. Like there are so many people's jobs and livelihoods riding on supporting this industry. And talking about the mental health now, you've, you're putting, like what gave you this drive to put together this compilation? And, I mean, that takes, again, a lot of work and you're going to give all the proceeds to support ACT. Yeah. That? yeah. Um, so we just, you know, when we got all the unexpected media attention, we were like, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're a pretty new band. Like, you know, we almost feel like we didn't deserve all of that attention um, compared to so many of the artists who've been around long term. And we were just like, <laughs> I've been speaking up about this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And people who have been really, like, really negatively impacted, artists who've travelled from interstate and, you know, we just really wanted to not be the centre of attention but to give voice to you know, everyone who is suffering. And so Support Act are an amazing non-for-profit that provide crisis um, aid to people in the um, music industry and people in related industries as well. So, you know, roadies. Um, All of them to different roles. You can apply for aid on their website. And, yeah, we just thought, man, like, you know, if the government's not going to support artists, this this organisation is doing it and we need to do something about this situation. So, yeah, so, we reached out to a bunch of musicians, everyone on the Blues First lineup and um, the, and the who were involved in the basking comp to donate, I guess, a song to this compilation album yeah. that all the proceeds bought within a period of time will go towards support act from that song that everyone chose. So, yeah, everyone uploads a song to the album, basically, who's willing to do that. And um, they're taking no profits at all from that. We're just all going to donate 100% of the, the money to support act and try and, you know, do something that just helps the music industry. Like the whole music industry has been suffering. All of the arts have been suffering. Yeah, I really hope that they can then back actually doing something for the music industry that's been affected by this. And, you know, hopefully we can get lots of people to pitch in and buy a song, you know, by the full album. By the full album. <laughs> yeah. Well, this gives me hope. And that's why I love Silver Lining. It's brought you you know, together and now you're, you're, you're doing something to make a difference and that's, that's what I love. You know, we look at these situations and we think what can give us hope out of this to keep being creative and to keep making music and, and keep our spirits believing that this industry can continue to have a place. Last night I didn't sleep in my own bed Wanted to be somewhere else instead I didn't want to think So I bought another drink Last night I didn't sleep Hi, this is Daniel Champagne and you're listening to The One Space Love Show. Welcome, Daniel Champagne, to The One Space Love Show. Thank you for, for chatting with me today. How are you Thanks going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah. Really good. So with the latest news, um, how, how are you feeling at the moment in yourself as an artist and as an industry as a whole? I think for me, I'm mostly feeling for the other people, particularly 
the promoters and everyone who who worked to put the festival together because I know for me it was it was another gig on a tour that I've been lucky enough to get out and and play again but I know for those people working on it um it was not only one year of working on it now but two years of working on it just to have it fall through at the last minute and no it must have been hard to take um I, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Um, but yeah, it's very, very sad to see because I, because I really did think it was going to happen and it was going to be a amazing thing for Australian music and starting to put, you know, larger scale performances um, back on the map. Yes. Mm. And bringing, I mean, bringing all the, almost the Australian music industry, a lot of you were coming together in that one space this weekend. And so that in itself would have been an experience you'd all been looking forward to, you know, collaborating on stages and being back, you know, together again. Yeah. Yeah, just seeing, seeing friends that I, yeah. that I hadn't seen for, for years in some cases. And I think being a part of, of a pretty cool thing for Australian music, I mean, obviously it's a shame we wouldn't have been able to have overseas acts, but in the same way it was cool that, they got all these extra acts that maybe wouldn't have usually played and it was going to be a, a, a pretty special lineup. Um, yeah, I was really looking forward to doing it and, and very sad to, to not be there at the moment. I guess I was playing on the Sunday, Monday. So right now I probably would have been getting ready to play. So it's a little bit, little bit sad to be, to be down here in Tasmania. And so had you made it already to Byron? No, because I was playing the Sunday and Monday, yeah. I'd, um, I dropped in and visited my family who were on the south of New South Wales, near Bega. Mm. Um, so I was kind of just going to shoot up Friday night and Saturday and, and stay Saturday night, see some friends, check out some bands, um, and then play the Monday, Sunday, Monday, and then fly to Tasmania. Um, but obviously I didn't want to go to Brisbane because of the situation and maybe not getting into Western Australia and... I just kind of turned the van around and headed to Melbourne and just caught the boat across to Tassie and just got in this morning. Yeah, I love that. That that you you um when you messaged and said I'm actually going to get in the van and drive to Melbourne. I love that. So that must have been a very spontaneous, you know, almost silver lining to the whole situation that you got to have that little road trip down and boat ride to Tasmania where you got some gigs lined up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, that's something I've kind of been trying to do through this whole covid thing like obviously there's going to be things that will suck and won't be able to happen um but i guess out of all of them just look for something positive that you might be able to do that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise so i think for me personally like i've been one of the luckier artists because i am solo and because it is still worthwhile for me to play to smaller audiences, um, I've been able to start getting out on the road pretty early and, and play shows that are sometimes shut down last minute, but sometimes they, they go ahead. So pretty thankful for that. Mm. And so where do you draw your, your, cause you sound like you've got a really good uh, way of adapting to these new, new ways of being an artist in this particular time. What are you feeling, um, you know, where do you draw your hope from that gives you that ability to have that positive outlook? Um, I, I think you kind of just have to, in a way, like there's no point, um, getting too negative about it. And I think that it is, I mean, there's setbacks such as Blues Fest being cancelled, but 
I think in general it is slowly starting to open up and get a little bit better slowly. So I, I think that there's proof that things will get better and you've just got to keep keep working hard and holding on to hope and doing thick whatever you can do at the time. And hopefully in the future we get, you know, back to something like normal. Mm. We don't know. I think it's a new normal now, isn't it? As long as you keep, it sounds like you love what you do. And I mean, I'd love to have a whole chat with you, but it sounds like you're doing what you love and you're going to continue to do what you love, whatever form that takes now. Yeah. And, and I think obviously that you've got to uh, set your goals a bit differently. So mm. I guess before the lockdown, you were hoping to play shows to, to larger audiences or X amount of people and it's just not possible at the time. So I think for me, just being able to feel lucky to, to go out and play to anyone, even if it's 30 people, it is um, a pretty cool thing for me. And I'm particularly lucky because for the past six years before the lockdown, I was, I was living in America. I was living in Nashville and I was touring over there kind of just as it happened. Um, I finished the tour and came back to Australia and so almost every day I speak to friends in, in Canada or in Europe or in America who are still in that, you know, locked in their house situation. They get fined if their car's in a different suburb sort of thing. So I think in Australia, even though there'll be things that, that suck, um, we, are, we are very lucky. And to be able to get out on the road in any capacity and play any type of show is, is a pretty, pretty promising time for us. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think that you just really put it in perspective that how lucky you are that you got over to here and that you can tour regionally and be free to get in the van and tour, you know, that is gratitude to that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I think when it all shut down, I had, because I played a lot of shows and I think there were like 147 concerts on sale. Um, and obviously all the international stuff just had to, that kind of got wiped out, but all the Australian and, and New Zealand shows we've, we've kind of postponed and then postponed and postponed again. And since September, when I started getting out and playing gigs, I've, I've been able to play almost 70 shows. So it is nice to eventually get out and see the people that have been supporting and sort of holding on to, to their bit of hope too, and, and slowly, slowly ticking them off. And finally in Tasmania and West Australia next week, and then up to Queensland and hopefully, you know, you just kind of hope it all goes ahead and when it does, you, you feel very fortunate. Heard you finally left your hometown Figured things would end like that I guess you took the next plane westbound I bet the world you won't listening to the one space love show and i'm your host steph pappas the next chat is with declan kelly you know everyone i'm sure has had the same reaction as me but just prepped to go and play at the festival and um you know all the work that you mentally and you know musically just prep yourself to perform at a festival like that you just you know it's a it's a it's a build up emotionally, you know. So um, I too 
uh, am madly disappointed in the whole sort of it's just a big letdown, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that that was like one of the, you know, times when music was going to sort of like almost mark a time when music's coming back, festivals are, um, you know, able to recommence and people are able to, you know, still with social distancing in place, but able to go and experience live music. And not only that, just Australian live music. It was just a the perfect setting almost just for, you know, saying, well, we're locked in here. This is how we, you know, this is what Australia can do when we're just, you know, up to our own sort of border, um, you know, limitations. And, you know, it's, it was a pretty awesome lineup. And I was looking forward to just catching up with everyone, probably mainly just to, you know, just give everyone a bit of a long distance hug <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, just hear stories. And everyone's been through this thing together. So it's just, uh, um, you know, it's a historically a time in our lives that, you know, probably we'll never see again, hopefully. But, um, yeah, it's an emotional time for everyone. Mm. I mean, talking about the gathering of the Australian music community, this has been coming up a lot that this was what most of the artists were very much looking forward to and collaborating with different artists on that stage and a lot of preparation went into that. Exactly. I mean, I, I was booked to perform solo, um, gratefully, and um, I, I was a bit of a last-minute addition to the festival. So um, hands in place to get some of my, you know, best best mates up to play. Um, I had uh, Charles, also known as Bobby Alou, to come and play drums on about four tracks of mine and Rowan, um, my longtime buddy, bass player. Um, We've been playing together for 15 years and no, longer, probably like 30 years. Uh, Anyway, he was going to be up there and sit in the bass on some of my songs and also Ray Beadle <laughs> and you know that's the beauty about that festival too it just has a lot of you know your friends are going to be there and you know how much fun it is to you know bring some friends up and just collaborate live on stage and just be spontaneous like that the uh, current government which don't have a good track record with you know, getting behind the arts in a way that isn't sort of seen as highbrow arts. Um, I'd like to see them just really stand up and just, um, you know, music and contemporary music with as much um, revere as the sports, you know, Mm. cricket, tennis, you know, they bend over backwards, I'd say, to get, an event like the Australian Tennis Open to go ahead, you know, and, you know, um, 
But as far as like music and festivals, they're just really quick to just not see it as um, a cultural, you know, culturally important to, you know, try and make it work. Um, I take my hat off to Peter Noble for, you know, just getting behind Australian music for one and just having, you know, the tenaciousness to go ahead and, you know, want to do a festival and um, support live music and Australian music at that. And there's also there's some compilations that are going around to the Blues Fest have put one out with a bunch of the bands that were playing. So they've all got a couple of tracks each on this compilation. So if anything, people can just get on their streaming services and just, you know, check out the awesome music that is being made in this country. It's mm. it makes me proud. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. On that note, I think that that is a positive thing we can take out of this is get everyone getting behind the music industry and actually being proactive and supporting artists by getting out to gigs and following the artists and purchasing merchandise and purchasing music. So, yeah, we do yeah. have a very vibrant Australian music industry. Yeah, indeed.
Hi, this is Nikki Bomba, and you're listening to The One Space. Your space, my place, your space, love show. The One Space Love Show. Tune in. Tune in deeper. Boom. So where were you? Had you head up to Byron when, when you found out that it was cancelled last minute? <clears throat> um, well, look, it, it was actually, we had... Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, all kind of things happening because um, I was on, I was driving up and I was hanging in the Central Coast mm-hmm. and I was supposed to drive up on the Wednesday. Um, but um, you already had a couple of people that had flown up already. Um, but the main thrust of the band, like you know, 13 or 14 members were still in Melbourne uh, waiting to come up. But... Our thing was when you play blues first, you fly into Cool and Gather, mm-hmm. which is Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So the following week, we're playing in WA. Yes. So we couldn't play in WA if we flew into Brisbane. Mm. Right. So the first thing we did was change those flights to fly into Ballina. Mm-hmm. Except there wasn't any flights flying into Ballina, so we had to. The, the idea was to fly into Newcastle get two high cars and drive the five, six hours up to, to Byron Bay. Right. So that was, that was plan A or plan B, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was the, uh, it, it was declared, got declared an orange zone. Um, so we gave the people the option in Melbourne saying, look, it's an orange zone. It means that when you have to come back, you have to isolate and, you know, until you get the test and everything. But there's the possibility that it become a red zone. And there was like five or six people that couldn't take that risk. So they had to drop out. So we had to have replacements for those. Whoa. Uh, yeah, which, which we had in plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also a contingency program to get out of Byron in case it came a red zone so we could still do the WA gigs because mm-hmm. if that became a red zone, then WA would say, well, you couldn't have been a Byron. So it was about like just just um, creating a situation where we didn't hit the Byron Shire um, until the very last minute. Mm-hmm. But around 3.30 on Wednesday, I had to make the call. Like it was like, uh, you know, because flights weren't, there's only one more hour and we were, we were going to lose the flights that were held. Uh, there was like an extra five, six or six grand that we had to play to pay to, to pay the flights. And if we didn't do that, you know, so thankfully at, you know, 3.45 or something, you know, when, when I was in that hour, I had to make the decision. The, the, the announcement was made mm. um, that it wasn't on. And, um, and so we had lots of things planned too. We, had, we were doing we were doing a special um, spot with Joe Camilleri. We were going to do Shape I'm In with him. We were going to do a two cinema Maytale special with um, all the all the exes, oh. Natalie Rose and Danielle and Mama Kim, um, yep. and, and all the other girls, and actually in the band doing this whole sort of senior thing. So we've done a lot of preparation for it and worked out a really really tight show, like down to you know what we were going to say, and so it was so we could get as many songs in. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of it's it's. I mean, it's class, It's a cliche, but that's rock and roll. It really is. You know, you have to kind of go with the flow, and things change. You know, you sometimes you know we've gone to places where there's been two delays, and we've we've you know missed a show. You know, or because of flights and everything. So this kind of thing happens, but not on this big scale. You know, it's it pretty pretty kind of major major kind of setback. 
Yeah, I mean, on this scale and for such when so many, um, you know, they had so much in place prepared from already what happened last year, it is definitely totally. a big um and I know, and I know, I know the the, the um, Blues Fest organisers quite well, and I know how much work they went into to follow all protocol, uh, to make sure the social distancing was there. You know, there was half half the attendance, you know, but still big enough to put on a festival. Um, and there was all these all these little minor protocols that that, that had to be, you know, um, taken care of, which they did. You know, you followed suit. So. You know, my heart goes out to them because I don't think they had insurance this year. Last year they did. And from from, from a musician's perspective too, I mean, uh, I'm still kind of, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I suppose, you know, annoyed at the at the at the government structures that they really haven't, you know, allowed or um, considered, you know, the plight of the mu- of the entertainment industry, especially the music industry. Um, because it is our, our bread and butter, playing live is a bread and butter. So a lot of the time when you're putting on gigs, the capacity is half. So you're not even actually making enough money to do a gig. Mm. This might just be break even, you know, but you still kind of have to do it and hopefully make it a bit extra with selling merch and that type of thing. So, um, and then there's, you know, all these grants and everything that they said, you know, I've applied for 10 or 15 grants and haven't got one. They've just, really? like, they've just kind of yeah. not all wrote letters saying, uh, but um, yeah, you know, sorry, there was was uh, your applicant wasn't successful, you know, or, or your application wasn't successful. So I just went. Um, there was one small one I got there, like, but it was more to do with the push fire thing where yeah. I live. So uh, wasn't you know um, nothing to really nothing substantial that would actually you know. And now the job keepers stopped. You know, I, I don't know what the state of play is going to be for the next couple of months. I mean, it's um, it's um, yeah. Um, yeah. I think going back to um, the government and, you know, how the JobKeeper is about to stop and what, it's just it's a real question of what I'm getting from a lot of the guests I'm speaking to is the imbalance with different um, areas such as the sports um, and Easter show and then comparing that to what's mm-hmm. just happened with Blues Fest. Yeah, I mean, there's a there was a picture in the um, paper this morning that's like um, the beach hotel, which was you know closed down for a couple of days, was now jam packed, like jam packed today, uh, and you know, blues fest kind of didn't go ahead. People were just as much in proximity, you know, there as they would have been at the festival. So, and you know, and, and being a musician, is, you you run your own business. You know, it's not like you know you get any kind of handouts or anything. So it's it's uh, it's it kind of that's difficult enough to kind of making things work. And so this is it's um so I mean per, you know on a personal level, I mean I, I kind of just have to rethink how I'm going to do make my bread and butter. You know, and, and it might be just doing a lot more smaller gigs for a lot less money, but just doing having to do a, a lot more of them. Um, because I thought I honestly thought that there'd be some kind of compensation, some kind of grants, or some kind of something to kind of go, you know. Mm. Um, but 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 you know, uh, and all, a lot of my friends who have applied for the same grants haven't received them as well. So, you know, I'm not about to kind of bring them up and go, well, where's all this money going to? You know, like like, and, and who are the actually you know, who are the actual assessors that are actually assessing it, and what is you know, because um, sometimes they just you know, just mm. employ anybody to do you know. So. Mm. Um, 
So I'm curious as to why, you know, for, for all, the, all the political kind of um, grandstanding about about um, making so much money available, it, it doesn't seem to be filtering through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, so with, yeah. with, was the tour um, at a standstill now as far as going to WA? Has that all been cancelled as well? Uh, no, no, no. We're actually, look, uh, uh, the, the thing is with, with Blues Fest, is that because it's a festival, you, you, the, the the outgoing, the spend, the annual spend is, is, is flights, mm. really, because all of the advertising is already done. However, with WA, it's our own gig. So we've, we've paid for publicity, for posters, for tra- ground transport, flights, um, accommodation, uh, putting on the gig, PA hire, all of that type of thing. So mm. if I said no to that now, I'd, I'd be, you know, six seven grand in, in you know and yeah. i can't afford to do that so yeah. we have to kind of and 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 it was at the point where we were had to make the decision of wa or blues fest you know and so and that was kind of what my call was and that and that at that 3 30 i just had to make the, the call you know um and people were dropping out of the blues fest thing because it was like you know it was you could kind of see that the government was kind of gearing towards they were, they were, you know, calling it a super spreader event and, you know, and so we were replacing musicians. Thankfully, we got like a lots, of, lots of people on our books, you know, and grabbing people from from local. Like when we do WA, we, we, we to compensate, to make that we're getting about six or seven musicians from there. Okay. Um, to save on flights and, you know. And we've, we've also managed to get another little gig with a smaller version, the, the Bustamento Band, which is members that are in the orchestra. Yeah. So... You kind of just got to make it. But after that, you know, I'm planning a, a solo tour in um, – I've got a new album coming out, a new single coming out, and I put a little band together, and we've got every weekend in May completely booked for Great. a national tour. But that could just – at the top of a hat, exactly. So, mm. so you know, and I kind of just think that that – like where the compensation should come in is like here is a – here is a fixed tour. Here's a fixed amount that we were going to get, and we have lost that money, and we've actually um, inherited a loss. So at least for that to be compensated, yeah, or at least for like some, you know, that, that type of thing, and just kind of to have. Uh, I mean, I suppose all businesses maybe kind of. Um, um, you know, I don't know really what what is happening with the other other industries, but I just know that the music industry is just really one of the last and because it's all about people being in the in the space it's uh it's going to be a difficult thing to to um yeah so i don't know you know i might just start landscape gardening or become a baker <laughs> something hey, something <laughs> <laughs> we always need bread, right? Yeah. <laughs> have Have you, you know, got into baking during this this last year? <laughs> um, what I did not got into. I mean, I had, I had a fairly because the, the the we were on tour with the orchestra last year at, at this time last year, where we had to stop the tour dead, and again we'd spent a lot of money. With so much advertising and everything, I lost about ten or fifteen grand in that in that when that stopped, um, and again, not really being compensated. Um, so, you know, I knew that that 
things kind of completely changed. JobKeeper helped, definitely. Um, my father was quite ill and actually passed away in that yes. time. So in, um, so there was a time where I was able to sit, the whole family was able to sit with him for five weeks and actually take care of him and not have him in the, in the hospital system and we, mm-hmm. we, we took care of, the, of that. And so that was kind of quite beautiful in many ways and, you know, we, all, we were all like this mum and dad and six kids and the first time in 42 years that we're actually in the same house together. Mm-hmm. And so it was beautiful. The dynamics were amazing and, it, it, you know, it, the, it was a real testimony to the, the closeness um, of, of the family that, that him, him and mum created, you know. It was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was gorgeous in many ways. Um, so that, that took a big – that was like two months of, of, you know, and the rest of the time I, I was just writing from the new album. I just kind of went, okay, well – this is the time to kind of get down and just whatever little gigs I could pick up. But there was nothing. There was like hardly, hardly anything. Tried to do some recording and do, do some things like web stuff. And um, um, I learned how to kind of use, uh, I did a little television show type of thing, just try a pilot for a TV show just to, um, yeah, just, just kind of just thought use it as a time for learning. Um and and it, I managed to finish a solo album, which was great because it allowed me the time to kind of to kind of do that, you know. Um, otherwise, it would have just taken a bit longer. Um, but yeah, so the time was at least utilised because I'm, I'm for me time is gold, you know. It's precious, mm. you know. I, I, I try to every, every hour of the day is is, is gold for me. So, um, you know, and even I have to. I feel guilty about just chilling sometimes, you know, that, mm-hmm. but I have to say it's okay to, you know, it's okay to chill. It's okay just to, to, to be in that zone. And um, so, yeah, uh, but now it seems like, you know, I just have to try things on and if they fall by the wayside, you know, like because, because the job keep is going to stop. So there is no lifeline anymore, mm. you know, and I think it's, yeah, and, but you know, I don't even know what the other options are. Yeah, I think the uncertainty has become even more unknown, hasn't it? Mm. <laughs> totally. And I, I'm a I'm a quite a you know glass you know half full guy, and, and um, I'm the eternal optimist, and always kind of just try to always you know there's always you know a way to kind of look at a, look at a, my songs are about that about the perspective being looking at the, at the, at the positive side you know or looking at the you know, there's always the other side of the coin, you know, and, um, and it's just. It's, oh, did yeah. you hear that? I did that. I <laughs> saw it too. Beautiful. Always looking uh, the other side yeah. of the coin and then yeah, the birds. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Uh, more difficult to kind of like, um, you just have to go within a bit more and just, just be stronger with, with everything, you know. And thankfully, you know, I, I, um, I have a beautiful life and I have beautiful people around me and, and um, um, lots of, and, you know, personally, some that are really kind of really great spot in my life, you know, like just having understanding, you know, when you understand who you are and, and, um, and you implement things to, to, um, to support that, you know, and not feeling, feeling guilty about stuff or not feeling, um, like you should be doing something else and just really being present, just hundred percent present, you know, like, and, and being, being in that state, you know, 90, 95% of the time is where I am now. And it's nice. It's really a nice place to be. So there is a kind of an understanding of like, 
yeah, still we still live in an affluent society. I've still got food in the fridge. I'm still got a roof over my head. Uh, I can still make music. Um, I still connect with, with nature, and you know, the, there's a lot of simplicity. Uh, a lot of beauty in, in the simple things in life, you know. So I've always been connected with that, and thankfully, you know, I, I still have that. I haven't, haven't lost that that, um, that connection yet with profile and gigs and everything. Yeah. You're such a creative soul. I mean, in every breath, and I, you know, I look forward to do a full chat with you and share more of your essence with everyone. And super excited to share a solo show with you. So. Thank you, thank yeah. you for all that you do, and may you continue to create no matter what life presents I mean, us that, in the, the next essence. moment. Yeah, that's the essence. I, mean, I was talking to my granddaughter this morning in New York. You know, they're, they're stuck in a in a little little flat there in Brooklyn. Um, my daughter and granddaughter and their partner, and and uh, you know she was struggling. You know, and and. Um, uh, my advice to her, you know, which she is a very creative soul, was was just that get into creativity, you know, like like, um, you know, to work through it, you know, like you might get bored and everything, but just you know, keep going, just keep keep, you know, because the creative mind is, uh, you know, we are born of the creative spirit, and um, that that essence of creation, it, it's us. I mean, if if there's in ever. If I had to associate myself to with any kind of philosophy or in the Western religion, it'd be like, um, you know, creation and that the love of, of us, of you know, our, our our personal creation, the fact that we're on this planet, you know, it's like it's an amazing, you know, it's a trip. It's an amazing trip, and so and creation is a big part of that, you know, and and enhancing the creative spirit of the mind keeps keeps the mind active, keeps the keeps the um, Keeps the spirits up, you know, and and, and creativity is anyway, you know, it's 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 just it's all around us. You want it on the phone right now? Someone wants to talk to you. It's specified. True. We heard about your best laid plans and how it all hit the fan. Now it's time. Come on now. Jack. Welcome, Mama Kin, to the One Space Love Show, also known as Danielle. And at the moment, you're working on the project Mama Mm -hmm. Kin and Spender. So thanks for taking the time to talk about this important event that just has, you know, come so suddenly to everyone and and just to tune into how you're feeling. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for having me along. Mm. So I I wanted to ask if you can share how did it affect you personally as an artist and then how are you feeling for the industry as a whole? Um, Well, I've actually only ever played Blues Fest once before. Yeah. And I've experienced it more uh, vicariously through uh, my husband, John Butler, who's 
played it very frequently. So actually it was just so exciting to be playing it. It was such a lot of build-up and such a lot of, yeah, just so much excitement to be on the bill this year. Um, and our current project sees us working with local choirs. So when we got booked for the festival, which was last year, we started speaking with a local choir. And, you know, at the time things were getting cancelled all the time. So we were like, let's just hold off. Don't start your rehearsals till, you know, February or something. So just so they're not for, you know, just in case more information comes. Um, and so they put together an amazing choir and in, in February they started rehearsing. Um, you know, it was still pretty nerve-wracking. John was on tour at the time because uh, with the Somersault gigs and they were literally hopscotching through um, COVID outbreaks here, there and everywhere and at the risk of things being cancelled and it seemed like a miracle every time a show actually happened mm. so we we're still going oh my god it's so exciting but maybe it's not like could it still not happen is it really going to happen like is it actually really going to happen like, it seems like a wild crazy miracle um and as it drew closer it just felt like yeah it's really it's cool it's gonna happen and what that means for artists flying in nationally uh I'll just speak for us. Um, it's a lot of logistics at play with family and, you know, the reality of that juggle and what that means and then other shows that you might sort of pin on to that trip. Yeah. Um, logistics, preparation, all that sort of stuff. Um, so when the news came that the outbreak in Queensland had happened, the first decision John and I had to make was, were we both willing to go into isolation at the same time, quarantine mm -hmm. or ISO at the same time? Because WA has been very, very quick to throw borders up. Um, and so, and they did put a border up with Queensland straight away. And then when the news about Byron, so we immediately changed all our flights to not be coming in and out of the Gold Coast because yeah. even though that's a green zone on the on the East Coast, WA doesn't recognise it like that, which has been a really tricky thing. There's that inconsistency of how states have allowed movement. So we straight away we were on the phone like for hours on the Sunday changing our flights so that we were coming into Ballina instead. And then yep. as the news about Byron sort of came, um, we were like, okay, are we committing to two weeks of isolation and what are we going to do with the kids mm. in that time mm. in the middle of school holidays? Mm. And so we were slowly putting that plan together and, um, and also just being like, wow, how come sports people can travel? What's ha what happens with them and what's going on with like – why can't there be an artist bubble that we can just kind of still be able to do these kind of performances and operate a certain way, maybe do like a 72-hour ISO on the way back in and be tested the whole time we're over there or only have only be allowed to go like from the gig to the hotel or something like that. We don't even need to go there as a tourist, you know. Like we don't need to go to any hospitality places, happy to only eat at home. Like we actually just want to do the show. Um and then working out whether only one of us would do it or we're like trying to like work out who was going to care for the kids. It was like a, a whole other element to it and also just feeling so much um, grief and worry for the Blues Fest crew, just mm. knowing that they were all set up 
hanging on this decision. And yeah, so it was a really, it was actually like, it was a really full time. We were really going, it's not our decision to make. Yet everything hangs in the balance of this decision. We were, I kept on pushing our flights back. So we were, I was supposed to be there on um, Tuesday to start rehearsals with the choir and to start rehearsals with um, Dingo Spender, who was already on the ground there. Um, I was just like, cool, guys, I'm just going to push back the flights just, just as far as we can. We'll have a rehearsal this time instead. And we were like just constant, we were just in a constant sort of grip of re-logisticating knowing that there was going to be news soon, you know. So when the news finally came in, it was just a bit like, you know, it was a mix of, it was a mix of sort of, okay, that whole situation has just now been lifted off, but then also just the the fallout of just the grief of really clocking how much energy Mm. goes into it and how long we've been waiting to kind of get that connection back and what that connection means for artists and audiences and and also just then for me a real feeling of disposability sort of started setting in mm. and as as the arts community it's just like wow we really you know the Australian government really sees us as a disposable aspect of our society and I think that was the sort of <laughs> sticky feeling that I was left with in the days afterwards yeah. um, because we're a super viable industry. You know, <laughs> we bring a lot of, if you want to just talk about the economy, if that's your kind of, that's your litmus test on whether something should be valued or not in society, we, we bring a lot of economy <laughs> to, to the Australian um, economy. <laughs> mm. And um, so it's not that. But there's almost it's almost more of an it's more almost more attitudinal. It's almost more that it's just it's kind of seen as a secondary or disposal. If that's what it's starting to feel like. I know there's a lot of government initiatives. There's been a lot of pump, uh, funding pumped in, but also a lot of that funding has not been allocated in a way, and it certainly hasn't made its way to artists. Mm. It certainly has not been making its way directly to artists. Um, you know. Like, where is the government recompensed all of those artists' costs that just occurred that will just potentially sit unrecognised? Yeah. You know, organisations maybe um, reimbursed. I mean, I hope all those food, all the food mm. trucks, oh, man, just the food wasted alone. I mean, yeah, um, blue. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, Blues Fest did just share um, the initiatives that the Byron community went into um, with the leftover food and they all came together and, yeah, there's some great stories that are shared. But that's the community coming what together. What Tell me. Um, there yeah. was an empanada. That's, that's, yeah, that's a community yeah. spirit, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And that's what we need on a federal scale, right? But it's that's what, yeah, treat, exactly. To yeah. treat the... It's to, treat, it's to treat all of us as actually a, a large community when you yeah. go, okay, hey, something's happened. Where are all the points of, of fallout here and let's address them. Let's yeah. actually collectively address them and let's collectively get behind that. Um, yeah, so for, for Dingo and I, it was going to be the first show in over a year because he lives in Melbourne and I live in mm. WA and the choir was sounding so amazing. 
Um, so to connect with the choir again, let alone connect with the choir at a, at a big <laughs> festival was feeling super exciting. And I'd been rehearsing here by myself, like I play drums with the Mummykin Spender gig. Yeah. So I'd been like setting up in my little creative space with my drum kit, playing the tunes really loud and playing along with it, waiting to get back to playing with Dingo. It's a, it's a, it's, no, it's it fine. must have been a real energy build up and then just a, a, a real fall, yeah. yeah, climb the mountain and then. And that's been, that's been ongoing. There's been so many of those over the past year now of like, okay, that festival's being pushed back. No, it's being pushed back again. This one's happening. No, that's being pushed back again. This, mm. So it becomes, gets to the point where you kind of book a festival and you're like, oh, yeah, let's see. And that, that's a really, um, that's not a good place to be operating from. It's like, mm. yeah, it may or may not happen. It's like there needs to be some level of assurance or backing for the energy that goes in into something mm. where at least, you know, okay, look, look we're, we're going to give it a, our best shot. But if it doesn't happen, the government's stepping in in these ways, you know. If the government's appro- approving a festival and the festival is going to the lengths that yeah. Blue's Fest went, went to to, <laughs> to be COVID compliant, mm. And they they were like it was, you know, <laughs> it was like one world case. first kind of stuff of how to deal with, mm. yeah, off the back of one case. And look, I get it. There was also for us we were good because WA had not put the border up with, yet with Byron, and I, we were like it's going to take only one or two cases for, for WA mm. to do that. And it was like very like we had we actually had this full flow chart of like different scenarios. Okay, scenario one: festival goes ahead, blah 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 blah. blah we go over. There's no, you know, there's no more cases, no ISO, and the festival happens. Okay, great. I two the thing of so we had all these different scenarios that we had to be prepared for, and so in the scenario that we were over there, and then more cases started happening, and then WA put the border up, so we were unprepared for ISO. We needed to be prepared for things that the government weren't willing to kind of step mm. up to mm. and give us assurances on when we were leaving. And I think that is the really hard thing where you're like, okay, the the, the idea of as artists getting trapped in these red zones when yeah. they just can come up overnight. So in part there was also relief because it was just like I also knew that I was going to be in the, on the ground in Byron watching the news constantly because it was about to change the course of what the, not just the show but what the next two One. to three weeks was going to look like. Yeah. And what that meant for our own work-life family balance. You know? mm. um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, of course a really tricky time. And, and also, yes, there was one case and it did, but it did feel like is this just the beginning of all the cases that's about to come up? Mm. And, and then there was an argument of like, okay, well, what about just, you know, couldn't they just cancel the first day or couldn't they have just, could we have stopped and watched a little bit longer or, but, yeah, I don't, I don't envy anyone in any of the positions that had to make those decisions or deliver them or receive them or be waiting for them. I mean, we were sort of on the outer skirts of what that impact zone was and that already felt stressful enough. But as far as the people who were living in the middle of that, that impact zone, I really don't envy any of any of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it felt volatile from in, in every direction. Yeah, God, storytelling. Just looking forward to the reschedule. 
I'm really, I'm really hoping that they're going to be able to make that happen. And um, I know that all, all the artists are going to be so happy to jump back on and support that happening in any way. But I hope the government is equally as willing to jump on board and, and support that happening in every way. And I hope that there's an equal amount of enthusiasm yeah. from state and federal bodies to support that happening as there are from these promoters, from the artists and from the audiences because it's taken a great level of agility and belief in our community and our sector to even keep turning up in the face of how much risk and volatility that we seem to be having to turn up in the face of. And I just want that reflected by, you know, the gatekeepers and the government who are sort of being the traffic lights around kind of that space controlling out and get creative about how that could look and get creative about how that can look you know surely it doesn't have to be as simple as there's one or two cases and that means iso and that means a shutdown and that means it's just like okay well, hold on how many you know what are the what are the stages here so yeah can't even can't even imagine the fallout for that blues fest crew they worked so hard to create a covid compliant festival, state-of-the-art, you know, whole a reimagined space. Mm. I don't know if you saw the plans for the, I did, for the yeah. festival, mm. but a completely reimagined space, mm. um, which they had to bring a whole lot of creativity to and respond to a really volatile situation. And I just hope that the government is being as creative and responsive in regards to the arts community. Mm. So well said. <laughs> so well said. I mean, with all that said, what is giving you and and if you want to speak on the behalf of John, what's giving you um, you guys hope? For me, it's still at the centre of it is the opportunity of connection, mm. and the and that is very much there with our internal teams and our um, supporters, our audience base, these promoters who are working so hard to reopen that space mm. um you know there's some really great um i don't know if you follow uh cat empire's manager corinne wilkie her business is called maven and muse mm. and she's been just putting up some great tiles on instagram regarding you know just really simple initiatives to get suggesting some ways the government can actually really get the support back to artists. Um, so that gives me hope. You know, mm. it gives me hope that we are, I have so many people in our community who are just so fiercely dedicated to that connection happening between artists and supporters and communities and other artists. And, you know, there's a lot of love in our community. So that gives me great hope. Mm. Um and in the meantime, it's just a little bit like Groundhog Day and putting one foot in front of the other as far as being in damage control in a lot of ways. I mean, Joe's, uh, John's had a great run of shows this year through the Somersault Crew, through John Zachariah yeah. and his amazing organisation. Um, and every single one of those felt like a win, a huge win. Mm. And the camaraderie between the presenters, promoters and the artists and the audience, like just the sheer joy at having that space back was, yeah, incredible. Mm. So 
it is ticking. But what's happened is, you know, people who were just startup promoters before this happened, I mean, I don't even know how, you know, they're gonna have, they're, they're, a lot of people are having to really reimagine the spaces they operate in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, which is, which is what's really different to the sports community. The sports community, go, we still operate in this space. Yeah. And that is completely supported, valued, and um, still public. It's still, it's still available for public view, right? Yeah. Subsidized heavily. Whereas musicians had to go, well, where do we operate now? And then we've had to come up with ways to try and connect with our audiences off our own channels. Yes. So there's no national, you know, we're not, we're not on Channel 9, we're not on Channel 7, we're not on Channel. We're not even on the ABC. We are. I mean, there's some great shows. The sounds was awesome that came up. But as far as the, the vast majority of musicians, we're having to find our own portals through our fans mm. and reimagine what that space of connection looks like. So, yeah, I think it's just a really powerful time of reimagining and um, fostering each other but also I think the next chapter is going to be how do we re-pick up the crew of emerging artists self-managed artists emerging managers and emerging promoters who would have completely had the wind taken out of their sails and would have had no buffer there very little sort of audience base built up already who are at the beginning of what would have been you know a five-year journey of kind of getting to the thing the momentum they would have lost is devastating yeah. And I think we're going to see that in the years to come where there's this kind of gap in that area of like, where's that, where's that level of artist right now? It's like, well, yeah. they got a setback and most of them had fall, fell off the perch mm. because they literally couldn't. Or started, or started gardening. In a market or, where yeah. there, was just, there was no, yeah, no, there was no gig economy. It mm. couldn't come up, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So good chatting with you and sharing You're welcome. You. so many important points for this. You know, and it is a family, the Australian music industry, and it was a chance for to give us hope all coming together for Blue Fe- Blues Fest because they had implemented so carefully over the last year to two years this plan and had it proved, you know, so it, it was a chance. For every, I think it gave everyone hope to come together. So I hope that the date is mm-hmm. reset and then we get to all come, everyone gets to come together again. Mm. Mm-hmm. so we're all hoping for that yeah 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 it's interesting yeah. i think the, the, i think it was about 24 hours later and the word disposable sort of started kicking around in my brain it was like oh that's a shitty feeling that's a shitty feeling well i think as far as being, you know being a, a fabric and you know a thread in the fabric really important thread in the fabric of society and what what it brings to the culture and the sense of identity of a country and of a place relationship and even more so when the whole lineup was Australian it was such an opportunity for deep solidarity for deep like celebration of of who we are as a nation and how we've overcome this time and how we've worked together and how we've kind of sucked it up and all that kind of stuff and how we've kind of followed the the lead of um, you know, the information coming through. Um, yeah, it's such an opportunity to celebrate that. 
Parker from Hussey Hicks and you're listening to the One Space Love Show. Thank you, Jules, from Hussey Hicks being on the One Space Love Show and creating space on Easter Sunday to chat to me about something that's, you know, very important to the creative industry and all artists out there. So thank you so much for showing up today. No, no probs. Yeah, thank you. I just actually um, was sent the latest posts from Bluesfest and at the end um, they say we are in discussion with government and their initial response is a positive one. We are hopeful to announce a rescue package soon to everyone involved in the festival. Did you see that post? I did actually, yeah. Well, you know, if um, hopefully that will be the upside of this absolute stuff up uh, will be that um, the government might finally start uh, throwing a bit of weight behind uh, backing the industry. I mean, they've, they've got things in place where they uh, have funds to secure film projects and, uh, you know, Peter Noble and a lot of the team and people around the world have been talking about um, putting together these similar funds for the music industry because you, you just can't run things on that scale and have them be able to be pulled at a whim at the last moment. Like the, the fact that Blues First... You know that they're some of the best minds in our industry for for festival organisation, and they spent a year putting together a COVID plan. And one community transmission was enough to shut it down. It's like why make them do a COVID plan? Like what is it for if not small amounts of cases? If there's no COVID, then you don't need a COVID plan. And if one COVID case shuts you down, then why have them spend? You know, I, I don't know how much money, but I know they did a lot of plans, and I know that they went back and forth with the government to have the, their COVID safety plan approved. Why bother if it can be all pulled at what the last moment? It's just infuriating. It is, isn't it? I mean, I've been in tears about it because it just, it doesn't make sense life at the moment. A lot of things are out of balance and there's a lot of diversity in communities and it can make you feel really overwhelmed by, you know, what what is the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know. But I know that uh, we worked out pretty quickly and I've spoken with other musicians that uh, social media is not a happy place to be, you know, the last few days. I remember on Wednesday you had, you know, you got people with football jersey avatars saying, Can't, the festival must be cancelled. You're like, well, football wasn't. Mm. You know, they managed to not have any mass outbreaks when we've had the football and the cricket and the tennis during during COVID. We've had, you know, the North Northern um, Beaches cluster was going on when we still had the cricket. Yes. And we didn't have a huge outbreak. So if we're managing to have these other events without huge you know, outbreaks, it would have been really nice since, you know, since Blues Fest had gone to all that trouble to put a COVID safety plan in place yeah. for them to have a chance to test it. it yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting times. It is interesting times. I wanted to bring to one of your posts on social media where you, where you both shared that music is what keeps us going. Let's bring it back to like where we find this hope in this and the silver lining. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave it there because music keeps us going. Is that what helps you get through these times? And um, Music is what 
you know, we, we're musicians. Music is, is the thing that we've focused our um, energies through our life on. It's what we get out of bed for in the morning. It's what we've spent our entire working careers getting good at and honing our skills in. Music is, you know, it is our, it's, not, it's not some little whimsical thing and it's not just sounds, it's, it's our whole life. And, um, yeah, and, you know, when you're a band, you know, we spent the last sort of six months gearing up to make sure that when we stepped on the stages at, at Blues Fest that we, we sounded like a band who had, had their stuff together. You know, we've, we've had so many cancellations, just we seem to be on the bad side of the, the border bubble timings. Just, and, But, you know, you still do that. People don't also realise things like, you know, you're we're based in this area and we haven't played, we've played one show in the last five months in, in the Byron area, more, one show in probably the last, since Tintin Bar in August. So once we've done, we've done two shows since August in the area because you don't want to, you know, if you're playing a big festival and they, they book your band, you try and, you try and show them respect of not oversaturating an area. So Completely. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. So, cause that is a big part of it. You, you, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. That is yeah, a yeah, big part for promoters. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know all the things that go into, you know, into cancelling a festival. Mm. Yeah. We certainly, uh, yeah, we'll probably play a few more shows in the local area over the next month. That's some advantage. Mm. And I was lucky enough to also capture that you were going to have, I hope that I'm correct, but your dad was going to join you on the stage for this 2021, Greg. My dad is a huge blues fan and uh, he introduced us to blues music and he's actually joined us at all the the festivals we've played over the years. And uh, and, and my two little brothers were going to be playing in the band before us at Crossroads on Saturday. So, yes, we, we were in a pretty... We had a dark few hours here yesterday as I sort of thought about Electric Lemonade jumping up at Crossroads from one till two and then we were going to be back back up after that. So there was actually going to be four of us Parkers on the stage within two hours. But, and also an opportunity for the industry to gather, wasn't it? That was, that was what was really feeling exciting with all my friends that I know in the industry, just that gathering, even with the crew of Blues Fest, everyone coming together. Yeah, the festival family. There, um, yeah. we until last year, you know, as you know, there's there's a musical community, and you see the same people, you see the same road crew, you see the same stage crew, you see other bands, and they are they're a family, and we don't get together at you know normal. We don't get together at Christmas, and we don't just generally hang out. But there's people that you only see at festivals that we you know we're really really deeply looking forward to seeing this weekend and. Just, I mean, especially after, yeah, especially after last year was cancelled and then this lineup was very much had to be the Australian lineup, which was really exciting to watch all the acts coming together. And I know you've been part of it for a very long time, but all the other acts coming together. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was going to be uh, a very, very, uh, Australian music, fam, you know, festival family get together, and there was going to be a lot of uh, a lot of love shared. Yeah, uh, there still is. You know, we've been talking to you know lots of the other musicians, and and it's actually it's it's funny. You sort of take some solace in how upset everyone is because it, unless you are part of the industry, you don't you don't realize how 
how it, how it is to have something like this cancelled. It was, you know, it, it was a model for us to move forward in these times. It was it was set up, you know, if, if Blues Fest spends a year making a COVID safety plan, mm. then you know they're going to have dotted their I's and crossed their T's. And had they been allowed to go ahead, then we might have had a model that made, uh, you know, that gave some confidence uh, and hope back into other festivals. I know Naruma cancelled the same day because I, I guess they're like, well, if Blues Fest can't pull it off, we won't risk mm. it. Mm. And, yeah, so... It, it's it's a huge blow. We're all feeling very um, very down and uh, disregarded and overlooked as a industry again. When you know we we always you know we people don't know what people who pull off festivals can do. And I would have loved to have seen Blues Fest given the chance to show how they can run an event in these trying times because I think they would have annihilated it, and I think it would have been. Uh, even possibly safer than the Easter show. Not that I'm against the Easter show, but uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm not even against the football. Every time I see a full stadium of people watching the football and there's not a case, I think, yay, hopefully that'll be an example that we can follow in our industry. But alas, it doesn't seem to work. But I think it's important that it's mentioned. I mean, I, I'm not against the Easter show or, or the sports industry, but I think it's it's really important that we mention that because it's it's the creative sector that's really being affected. And and I know I personally, you know, just understanding all that the precautions they spent so much time putting in place. I know Rusty thought personally, you know, and I know that if we can't go ahead with one case, you know, what hope does it give us for the rest? I, I just love how you're sharing. Thank you so much for, for saying that because. It's our truth, isn't it? It's yeah. our life and what we got to lose. I mean, we're not going to not. Yeah. It's not, you know, yeah. we, we celebrated the end of JobKeeper with a, a case which closed the Western Australian border to Queensland, uh, which even though we could have avoided Queensland, I read the fine print said, or oh, you couldn't have knowingly been in contact with anyone from Queensland, so I'm not going to lie on a border declaration, so we've had to blow out um, our, you know, our Perth shows. We're, we're blowing out this show. It's, um, oh, yeah, we didn't, but, you know, so we, we've gone from having April being a wonderful month uh, of music and hope to a really pretty depressing outlook and uh, working out where to store all the merch that we had ordered for uh, the the month of touring and blues fest, uh, you know, without it getting, you know, damaged by the, uh, the, the mold. moist conditions on the North coast. Yeah. I've been, I've been in the fashion industry. Yep. I was, that was my first industry and I definitely understand. I've been even feeling for all the storeholders, you know, because all the food that would have been with all that food. Yeah. You know, food yeah, and like I was, you know, well, merchandise, food, all the roadies, you know, the, the, backstage crew um, and just even talking to Valentina Brave, you know, the choir that was put together and the time that they rehearsed and, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's just mental. And, um, the, you know, the amount of, and even just the punters, there's, you know, like people who have driven and were, have, you know, 20 hours into a drive, they've packed up their families, they haven't got the time off work if it's rescheduled, they've got, they had the time off now. As well, a punter. Especially because the, one day later, like by the time Thursday came around, there was no, there was a massive press conference because we're such a visible part of the industry. People are up in arms because they, they, we're visible. The arts, you know, 
you know, we're visible but not powerful, it seems. And, you know, the, the day of the cancellation, you've got the, you know, the Premier out there and there's a big old press conference. And then it's just like tumbleweeds the next few days when they realise there's no COVID cases. And blues just drops away from from consciousness and the, and the blues and jazz, all of that just gets forgotten. They don't they don't mention, oh, it looks like we made a call a bit early and that was a bit Apologies. And, <laughs> and then it's and then the next day it's all Queensland is open for business. Byron Bay is open for business. Don't cancel your trip. You know, and it's, it's like, oh great, that's cool. Everyone everyone's cool again except Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what got me just yeah, watching it unfold and then seeing, but we're still open for business. So please continue your holiday plans. I was just like taken by that and it just feels very orchestrated and yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just feel, and, and of course I, I want it, I want Byron to be open for business. We know people who have businesses here and we know how much they rely on Easter trade. We've, we're from the area. We know how much this is a big boost to the economy every year. I, I don't know the exact figure, but it's like $100 million or something ridiculous that it gets injected every blues fest slash Easter to the area. And, if, you know, I we drove into Byron last night and, uh, I, you know, I've been hearing reports that it's chockers, but it's not. It's not that, that without a lot of people have gone home and this will be the quietest Easter that I, I don't know if we were in lockdown last Easter, but this, you know, I don't know how a lot of these shops will be able to cope with um, if they lose too many more of these Easter's. And when I say shops, restaurants, shops, bars, mm-hmm. accommodation places, mm. you know, but the food, the food stalls at the festival, that's, I really feel for them because, you know, we got to fight the mould off the T-shirts, but they've got to work out what to do with hundreds of kilos of meat, which doesn't preserve. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, harsh, and you know the staff, the people who had planned to work and don't have work now, you know, and, and everyone's panicking because there's no job keeper now. That all stopped. So, I know. Yeah, yeah. But what about the, yeah? Yeah, you know, we could keep going on forever, but it's just a. It was a real punch in the guts to not be given a chance as an industry to show that we had the, you know, the not know it all, the no, sorry, the losing my words, not be given a chance to show that we had the know-how and the um, knowledge. To pull off a, a festival in COVID times when when that was the that was the you know what was laid out they were given guidelines they were given you know they were given the chance to present a COVID safety plan they presented it until they got one approved and then it wasn't given a chance to go ahead and that's just that to me is just so disheartening why 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 change you know why set a standard and then have that standard not be good enough mm. I'm totally. Totally, totally with you. <laughs> I saw that you released the track The Edge um, about overcoming ups and downs of this crazy life. And I've listened to it actually in the last 10 minutes before we've just had this last minute interview on replay. Um, it literally brought me to tears. I'm not just saying that. So I will be sharing that on this episode. Was this written pre? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was written pre-COVID and it was, you know, wasn't meant to be uh, a bit like the whole album. We've had a... Um, because is that from that. Gather Up The People? Yes. Oh, I love that track is... Sorry to speak over you. That that track is beautiful. I mean, just, yeah, the words in it about reaching to the light. Tell me about that album because I'm going to share some tracks off that. Well, yeah, it was... 
you know, I think, you know, a few years, a few years ago when, you know, the, the 18 months leading up to COVID, there was a lot of di- division. Yeah. Gather up people was about, you know, us finding the common ground between people who sit in different parts and different ideologies and realising, you know, that the greatest statement from that track that sort of goes through the album is the things we share are greater than the things that keep us divided. We all want the same things. <laughs> and The Edge, yeah, that, that's one of my favourite tracks. And it's so funny, like we were, like I'd sort of even forgotten we were releasing it. But not that you, ha- you know, you pay publicists, you do all these things. <laughs> But we were just so gutted by not having a festival. I, I, like I got to the next day and I was like, oh, we haven't even shared it. I was like, oh, uh, is, what's the point? <laughs> but, but, yeah, I love that song and we, we recorded that. It, you know, the Gather Up the People album was really a, um, a good example of our whole band playing together. We Because um, Trace and Ali and Lisa and myself, we spent, we spent a good lot of time in the studio because we had the time and had the space. And we worked up all those songs together and The Edge was a, fu- a funny little uh, song in that I kept searching for something more until we ended up recording. We recorded the basic track in Corumban. We did some overdubs here in our, in our studio in Lismore. And then I took the uh, we took the track to New York and recorded some chains there, which was fun. We asked our friend's uh, daughter, oh, what sort of music do you like? She's like, anything that has chains in it. I got these chains for Christmas. I'm like, let's record the chains. It's going to be great. So we ended up uh, yeah, creating the track out of the chains and Lisa's fishing box full of leftover building materials. Mm. And, uh, yeah, then we went to London and our friend Dana sang some BVs on it in the outro. And then we, the, the actual acoustic outro on the track was is uh, was recorded in France in a little pigeonier down in the province wow. area with our friend Raph. And the, the fiddle overdubs are... Um, we're done in our little apartment in Burley uh, with Mick Albeck, who's a very well-respected fiddle player in the country scene. So, mm. yeah, The Edge is a track that, uh, yeah, definitely has highs and lows. The highs, recording it and playing it live. Mm. The lows, timing its release uh, on a cancelled festival. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we will get that back up again. That's that's. Mm. That's the outro, or will we? <laughs> sure enough, in a cloud of dust, I fell right to the floor. Could say that today's the day we've all been waiting for. I hope I hope that you continue to find hope through your passion for music. And I, I know that this is particularly a sensitive weekend that we're chatting 
And I thank you for taking time out to chat to me. I really, I really do honor that. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, get it's it's not very nice weather, so we couldn't go for a walk. And <laughs> so you gotta do something to get yourself out there on these. I think it's okay to sit in that vibration of feeling sad and disappointment. It's okay to to allow yourself to feel that because it it yeah. I think we have to allow ourselves to have those days to feel that. Yeah, getting a combination of uh, motivating yourself to, you know, get up and do stuff but also allowing yourself to, you know, to honour the fact that you, you feel like shit. Like I feel like shit. I feel sick mm. and and I'm not. If, if there was a festival on right now, I would have probably walked 40 kilometres already <laughs> over the weekend. But just knowing knowing how many people are affected, knowing how many people have placed hope in this weekend, it just, it feels, I feel sick. So today we're just going to wallow, I think. This mm. has been good. It's been good to talk, connect mm. with people. It's actually, it has been talking to other members of the music community that at least makes you feel like you're not, you're not crazy or you're not losing it. But the, um, the collective disappointment is real. And, you know, mm. I think everyone's allowed to be pretty frustrated and angry at least the weekend. Yeah, I felt the guidance to to skip the show that I had and to to do this and I d- wanted to make sure the intention was right and my you know because it is quite a vulnerable time to reach out to people. And yeah. I think it comes back to you know gather up the people. To me it was to gather up the people that wanted to have that space to be able to share from their heart you know, how they're really, really feeling by this. So we can bring awareness to the greater community um, to have more of an understanding of this yep. creative sector, to not just think of it as a as a cancellation of a few shows. Like this is impacting so many people. It's not just a cancellation of a show. They don't always understand the behind the scenes and the preparation and all that goes on. And, and I do understand that. So I just wanted to, yeah, bring that to the forefront. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And that's it. We're very visible. The musicians, everyone's reaching out to us to see if we're okay, which is beautiful. Mm. And, you know, you know, what about all the people who have been there for two weeks setting up stages and, you know, there's a whole industry that no one sees. You know, the people who go and work at festivals that no one no one even knows what they do. I, I've spent my whole life at festivals and there's still sectors of the set up and packed down mm. and behind the scenes stuff that you're like, oh, I always see you. What do you do? <laughs> it's, a, it's a big old organism, the music festival. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully one that will survive this COVID outbreak. Because I hope so. Mm. Thank you so much for being on the One Space Love Show. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's nice chatting. Good to um, talk to people who seem to understand <laughs> the uh, severity, mm. the loss of hope. Let's not lose hope. But let's, let's hope that, uh, yeah. I hope the government realizes that something needs to be done to help safeguard this industry. You know, money gets handed out left, right, and center in tax cuts and insurances and other other places, and uh, we bring in a lot of money as an industry. And that's been one thing during COVID. I think I think the industry as a whole has started to uh, maybe get a few more of our checks and balances and figures and uh, representation in order because we've sort of been a bit lacking in that in town. Mm. I, I am hopeful that 
that could be a positive outcome from this whole experience. You know, that could be the silver lining that there are some big changes made with the government. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be great. You know, they've done it with the film industry and it's working. You know, you can't cross the road down here without running into a, you know, someone from Hollywood in a Tetas in the Northern Rivers because they're assuring, they're assuring the film industry go ahead and, you know, it's, it would be great if we could have a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, assurance and insurance for people trying to put on events so that if they do pull the pin, you're not, you know, I think Peter was in the paper saying it's like a $10 million loss. Like that's a, who has $10 million to just uh, get rid of? Hmm. Have you been in contact with any of the organisers personally? Yeah, I've been chatting with Rusty also. Yeah, me too, yeah. I haven't chatted with Peter. I might flick him a message soon, but um, I just can't. My heart just breaks from I feel sick even thinking about how they must be feeling, you know. Mm. We, we've, we, yeah, we've done work together a lot of the last year to try and make sure we had a good show for this weekend, but they've spent the whole year making sure this weekend was a show. Like <laughs> we, we have other gigs that may not get cancelled. But that is their show. That's that's what they work for all year. It's what they pour their hearts and souls into. It's where they excel. It's where they get their pride. And they, they did a great job. They had everything in place. They they had a plan approved after many, many plans. Like I was speaking to them months ago and they still weren't sure how many stages or how they would make it work or what. So it was all so they massaged that festival and made sure that they adhered to what the government requested. Yeah. For what? You know, it's just for one case to shut it down. And it's and it's an outdoor event. I mean, my mind just wanders of all the options. <laughs> oh, I think I think maybe you should hold it at Bunnings. That, that always <laughs> seems to have a good thousand people there at any time. So um, I have to set up a stage in the car park with their dogs. <laughs> If you come to Sydney, we're allowed to have dogs in Bunnings now. Did you know that? That's cool. That's cool. I might get a dog <laughs> now that I'm not travelling. <laughs> oh, we got to laugh. We have to laugh. You've got to laugh. You've got to cry. You've got to laugh. You've got to feel sick. You've got to cry again. You've got to laugh again. You've got to hopefully write some more music and perform again. You've got to bother to take the gigs and book them and... And you got to book, you know, you got to not feel bad when you ask the band if, they, if they're free that day and it gets cancelled again. <laughs> You've got to survive when, you know, your drummer gets up at four in the morning and drives to Albury for a gig to get cancelled by the weather and then drives up to the, you know, Northern Rivers. Ali pulled into the drive as we got the cancellation call. Like, oh, we've just, as she literally pulled in our drive from up from, you know, down the way. Decent drive to turn around and uh, not have a gig at the end, and you just got to keep keep booking them, keep hoping. You know, we've we've been lucky. We've we've managed to play a few shows, and we have managed to keep the band feeling like a band. Yeah, that's actually what Ali, our drummer, said when she drive, drove through the driveway as it got cancelled. She's like, "Yep, it's a cosmic joke. Here we are. <laughs> Here now. Right. Yep, it's off now. Cool. Not ten minutes ago. Not ten minutes after. What a cosmic joke. I like Hello. that." It does feel like a cosmic joke on that note that Blues Fest was cancelled. <laughs> You've been listening to the One Space Love Show and I'm your host, Steph Pappas. Today was a special show. 
in dedication to all of the team and organizers of Blues Fest, which was once again cancelled for the second time. And my heart goes out to all of the crew there and everyone involved and all of the artists I thank who were on today's episode. The website, onespace.love, you can catch all the previous episodes. There's also um, the One Space Love YouTube channel. You can catch catch up on the videos. This episode is available on our YouTube channel as well. And you can also see all the music that was featured. I feature all their clips under Music We Love. I inspire you to keep doing what you love and support creative souls. 